and welcome back to season one, episode five of my curiously queer life. I uh, I am looking back on last week and I'm feeling very uh, exposed, but also at the same time liberated, and I am grateful to be able to say these things and let go of them and move forward. Uh, this week, while I was out running duck across the the Canby Bridge, um, I always have duck leashed. There was a another couple that came out of nowhere, and they did not have their dog leash, and their dog came running up to duck. Uh, duck did what duck does best and gets excited, and I thought the other dog might hurt him, so I picked duck up with one arm and held on to him, and then this other dog just kind of ran off. Uh, the couple reached me and they didn't say anything. They didn't apologize. They didn't look in my direction. I was still holding duck at this point and they kind of just carried on like they were in the right. And I'm not saying either one of us was in the wrong, but a situation happened and it should have been acknowledged and we both could have left the situation feeling okay. But they continued past me. They joined hands and they blocked my way forward so they could clearly see duck and i were on a run and they made it so we couldn't move any forward past them without having to engage with them which i didn't want to do at that point because i was in my angry feels and i might have been more aggressive than i would have wanted to have been so i stepped over the meridian and ran duck past them uh in traffic, I got around them and got back to the path. At this point, I was very angry. I was mad that they tried to stop me. And the whole thing felt very, very spiteful and purposeful and intentional. Um, and that made me mad. But I took a breath. I realized that there are going to be many obstacles in this life. There's going to be many people that are going to spitefully get in my way and try to stop me. And I have to learn to adjust and keep moving forward, which is what I did. The second part of this is this week, many people have consciously or unconsciously knocked what I am doing. And, and, Old Thomas might have taken it personally, but it's not personal. It's their own feelings and insecurities and where they're at in their journey. And that is not where I'm at in my journey. My my armor is infinitely deep and you can't get to me anymore. I am on a path that is moving forward at the speed of a freight train and I no longer have time for people getting in my way, telling me I'm wrong, leaning in on the bad parts of me because I'm well aware of those bad parts. I saw them before you saw them. And they are all the things that have led me to this moment, and I celebrate them all. The good, the bad, the ugly, the hard, the easy, all those things, they put me here in this space, in this time, and I love this space and this time and I'm not sure I could have had it without the haters the lovers or the others in this life so thank you haters keep hating
because it just drives me forward. And keep telling me I can't do it because every time you say I can't do it, I want to do it so much more. You have no idea. And I will. And I'll do it so hard. So we are now back on track after my letter to my mother. We are back to me in grade seven. I guess this would be the end of grade seven and the start of high school. So welcome to chapter five, him and her. When I wrote this chapter, my utmost concern was avoiding revealing the identities of these two individuals. Throughout this process, I have been very cautious about disclosing any information that could potentially out people. However, there reaches a point when I can no longer withhold the truth or refrain from sharing my own story just to protect others. It is time for me to prioritize my well-being. I need to be honest and true to the promise I made in the beginning of all this. In order to maintain their identities, I will not use their actual names, and instead I refer to them as him and her. Let's start with her. Her allure was undeniable, with a beauty that possessed a unique and radiant quality. Her short curly brown hair and mocha skin reflected my own mixed heritage, shedding light on a part of myself that I had never fully comprehended. It was as if every guy around was captivated by her presence, but she, in turn, directed her gaze towards me. The attention I received from her was exhilarating, particularly since I had recently returned to my previous school, grappling with the challenges of readjusting and reconnecting with my old long-term friends. However, the connection we shared took an unforeseen turn and an overwhelming experience, one for which I was ill-prepared. She exuded a potent and intense sexual energy, a territory that I had never truly considered with women before, and even with men. My exploration was limited at this point. While I experienced moments of intimacy with others prior to this, they were devoid of any labels and aroused from spontaneous and unplanned encounters. However, she was like anyone else I had ever encountered. She desired something more, constantly pushing the boundaries that I was not yet prepared to explore. I attempted to resist her advances, but her longing remained unwavering always accompanied by questioning my own sexual preference, which filled me with terror. Deep down, every fiber of my being was screaming in protest, urging me to say no, halt, stop this progression. I can still vividly recall those moments with her, questioning her touch and how it felt unsettling. Her body felt angular and bony. It all seemed so forced, as if we were rushing towards a destination I had no desire to reach. I desperately wished for my innermost self to embrace and enjoy being with her, as much as she wanted to be with me. But it seemed as though my higher power had other plans. My connection with my higher self at this juncture was fresh, but already fractured. As I grew closer to myself, I found it increasingly isolating. Every thought had to undergo scrutiny and discrimination before uttering its words. Fragments meant solely for me were carefully packed away, buried within the recesses of my mind. These moments marked the beginning of the belief that God despised me, viewing me as repulsive, broken, 
and a sexual deviant. Because I was unwilling to move forward sexually with her, a relationship started fleeting. She recently embarked on a trip to Disneyland. Upon her return, her neck was adorned with unmistakable marks of passion. A multitude of hickeys scattered around her neck like a vibrant purple turtleneck, unlike anything I had ever seen. At that time, I was undeniably upset. But in hindsight, I believe my frustration stemmed more from the fact that I couldn't be the one to give her those hickeys on her neck. A relationship gradually faded into the past, without a definitive breakup or closure, leaving behind a lingering sense of emptiness. I recognized that she was my first real experience of a kiss, my first girlfriend. However, the overall experience left me with a complex blend of emotions, invoking a mixture of nostalgia and a tinge of sadness. It is a memory that I reflect upon with both fondness and a subtle feeling of melancholy. During my teenage years, I found myself in relationships with several other girls. However, as soon as those relationships attempted to progress beyond kissing, I found myself with a reason to end the relationship. I vividly recall an intense situation with a girl when she attempted to perform intimacy on me by giving me a kiss in a more... intimate area? Although she was kind and well-intentioned, I simply wasn't interested. If it were possible for my body to physically pull inside of itself and recoil in disgust, I would have done that. She persisted, causing me to experience a friction burn that lasted several weeks after that experience. I never attempted being with a woman sexually after that moment. I think somewhere within inside of me I realized that it was not anything that I ever wanted to do. Not with a woman, anyway. I find it difficult to pinpoint where everything started with him. It was somewhere at the end of her and the beginning of high school. He was more than a friend to me. He was my best friend. Really my only friend at this point. Someone I spent endless amounts of time with. Unlike my experience with her, thoughts of him consumed my dreams. He was new in town, and he didn't have many friends. Perhaps that is why we initially came together. He had a gentle shyness about him, always polite and respected by my family. They grew very fond of him. There were times when I had to plead with him to tear himself away from playing cards with my mom. They spent so much time playing cards together. It made them both very happy. But I wanted my friend. The emotional connection we shared was akin to the one that I had with her. But with him, there was a yearning for something more. The fear I experienced with her evaporated, replaced by an exhilarating sense of anticipation in the present moment. My desire for him surpassed mere friendship. I longed for a deeper intimacy, to explore a part of myself that I had put into the corners for a very long time. The thoughts of angular bony bodies gave away to an overwhelming preoccupation with the idea of kissing him. 
of experiencing a level of intimacy with this boy that I had never allowed myself to acknowledge before. I was less afraid, but still terrified at the same time. Within the confines of our secret world, I discovered a profound happiness that I had never experienced before. He brought an exhilarating sense of joy and adventure into my life. And every interaction with him brimmed with anticipation. There were moments when loving him in secrecy felt more effortless than loving her in the open. It granted us a unique freedom within the boundaries that constrained us. Thus, I mustered up the courage to take a leap and fully embrace our forbidden love, holding on to that glimmer of happiness and hoping that he, in some universe, felt the same way I did in my heart. There was a small part of me that said, let this be okay. And maybe, just maybe the love I felt for another man wasn't so disgusting. As high school commenced, our love began to wane, fading like a distant memory. I found myself once again isolated in the shadows, grappling with the maze of my own confusing thoughts while he embraced the denial of our connection. High school became a dreaded place, where I longed for an escape from my own existence, where wishing to be struck by a car to avoid the scrutiny that I would be exposed to in that school. To not have to be the fag. I desperately tried not to become. The yearning inside me, the need for acceptance and understanding became an elusive secret. For him, blending in with the collective of boys was effortless, concealing what we truly were. But for me, it was a burden. I wore it like a glimmering neon sign. My voice, my demeanor and the distance from the girls, it was evident that I was a homosexual, rendering me vulnerable in the boys' locker room that both terrified and excited me. It felt as if I carried a giant branding of F tattooed on my forehead, making me different in a world that demanded conformity. Our friendship endured for a short time after that, but as relentless tots of being called a fag grew louder, his presence gradually faded. From that point on, high school became a seemingly endless stretch of torment, encompassing 93,000 seconds of agony and pain. There's been many moments in this life when people tell me to just move on, get over it. It happened such a long time ago. My sister even, she still hangs around a lot of these people. And when we show up to events and I have to face them, my my life is different now, and I I don't have a problem with them, but I haven't seen these people in 10 or 20 years, and all I really know is that moment, and being taken back to that space, or the fear that they're not going to like me now, or they're going to say something, or I'm going to have to be reminded of the terror I felt back then, is not something I want. I like the life that I've built, and I thank them every day for being the shitty people that they were. But I don't want to be their friends now. I don't need to say sorry to them. I don't need them to say sorry to me. It was what it was. I have built a life on the idea of 
those moments. I've, I like me. I like who I am now, and I, I'm not sure that I could have been this without them. So for all the bad moments, all the haters, all the naysayers, I thank you. Because you helped create me. This. I like this. I reflect so deeply on these things all the time, and sometimes they make me sad. Most of the time they make me happy. I don't think we can be fully rounded people in this life if we don't have dark moments that we have to walk through and overcome. Because while dark, there is no light. So, that's it for this week. My name is Thomas St. James, and this is My Curiously Queer Life. So I want you to all go out there, fill up your tanks with joy, love, and kindness. And when you feel that overwhelming joy, love, and kindness, you take the extra and you share it with those around you. You teach them how to do it. Teach them how to get through the darkness. And at the end, we become better, wiser, more connected human beings. Thank you so much.